Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast, everyone. I'm so glad you are here for episode 101. I told you that this episode was coming, so here we are. Welcome. This is honestly, if you're here for the first time, well, congratulations, because this is a great episode. <laughs> but what I have done over the next two weeks is I have put together a little compl- complication of all of my favorite little bits of advice from authors over the past two nearly two years, over the past 100 episodes of the Writer's Advice podcast. So this is honestly couldn't come at a better time at the end of the year as well. So this is for anyone who's like, okay, cool. I want to write a book next year. I want to get inspired or I'm looking for a new read or I want to know what's next for me in my writing career or I would just want like a little boost of in- inspiration um, or a little something of like, okay, cool. Where do I go next? What do I learn from this? What, what's What's next for me? So this is a little complication of everything that you need. Take what you take what you want from it, write it down, quote it, um, and see if you can guess the authors that are in this as well. I would love to um, hear responses of if you can guess what author is saying what on these. Um, let me know over at Olivia Hillier Author on Instagram, on Facebook, or on TikTok. And yeah, I hope that you absolutely enjoy this episode. Now, also, another another little thing is that this is brought to you by the uh, my journal series. So the Olivia Hillier Journal Series, where you have the writer's uh, the writer's advice, you have the writer's journal. So if you're taking some of this advice and you're like, you know what, I am ready to dive in. I want to go next level on my writing craft, etc. I have created the writer's journal for this. So you have all the very journal where it's going to take everything that you need out of your mind and then put it in a really great structure for you. So it puts, creates your characters, it creates your whole world building, it creates um, how your characters relate to each other and it really creates 3D scenes and 3D characters and 3D of what it really takes to pull a whole story together, put a plot together and make sure that everything is in place for the general hero's journey of your story. But not only that, it keeps you accountable at the end of the book as well. So at the end of the journal as well. So how much you have written that day, how many words you have written. And it's pretty amazing when you look back and you actually fill one of these out and be like, wow, you know, I did that. I don't just have a book, but I can see what I did every single day and I can see what I kept myself accountable to. So you can get that over on Amazon right now, Olivia Hillier, The Writer's Journal. Go and grab it. You'll love it. You won't regret it. That's my Christmas present to you. But what is also my Christmas present to you as an early present is this episode. So enjoy all the takeaways, guys. And if you love this episode, make sure that you share it with a friend. Big love. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Um, It was like 16, 17 hour days. Um, And, but it's changed so much in that I... There is more, you have to invest more to make money as well. So there is like a, an advertising side of it. I've had to learn how to do ads, um, you know, a, a more marketing. Marketing is constantly changing. So it's keeping up with that. You know, there's a daily 
grind to take to, to make sure that you're on trend with you know which platforms are the best platforms or which platforms you do this on and that on you know all those things but I would say it's it's better now I don't work 16 hour days thank goodness but I I get up in the morning and that's when I do all my writing I get the writing um done and then I move on to like administration marketing admin um you know social media um and I I can have my evening to myself <laughs> sometimes because of the time zone and I'm my agents in America and my publisher and you know most of my author buddies I do get emails coming in and some of those you just you have to answer but in general I can you know have a fairly normal uh working day yeah yeah 100% and what how long would you say it takes you to write a book now like are you how many would you say that you're trying to like pump out a year or or what's that three or four a year um and it just depends like the last book I wrote which hasn't been announced yet but it's from a publisher it just flew out and it only took me six weeks but it usually takes me about two or three months yeah yeah then straight to the editor and then that process from there yep I love this. You are just an absolute producer. How do you choose what kind of ideas to go with or to run with? Um, it's, it's, it's kind of heart and head, really, uh, because I always keep in mind what my readers are expecting. Um, once you have built up an, an audience, that does become a part of it, whether you want it to be or not. You know, like there is that part of you, I just want it to be pure. <laughs> But once you have such a big audience, you have to you have to take them into consideration. Um, and so it's really about one, the spark of the idea. And then like what what kind of tropes could fit into this idea that I know my readers will love, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100 percent so That's yeah. yeah. And then you pick it from there of like, okay, this is I'm gonna pull a story from that. I love that. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. All right. I have a couple of different questions. I know you have so much advice that you can give up and coming writers. So I have a couple of different questions on all different avenues. Firstly, when it comes to craft, um, what would be the number one advice that you've learned that you've, you know, the biggest thing that you had to overcome with that when it comes to writing your first manuscript or, or diving into, you know, becoming a quote unquote professional writer? <laughs> I think the biggest and I know from talking to other writers that this is something similar that we share is to overanalyze what you're writing in the moment and pick it apart and just overwhelm yourself with the need for it to be perfect on the first go um and I was very you know I did that a lot in my early years and I've just learned now to just take a breath and just write just write and then fix it in in the editing process you know like you can't do anything if there's no words on the page um and that's what that tends to do it causes a block and you just find yourself staring at an empty screen so just write it don't worry about it being perfect don't even worry about it being what's going to be in the final product at all and just go back and edit in the process um perfectionism gets you nowhere Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's really great advice. Excellent. And when it comes to business, what would you say is your number one thing of like, um, if someone who is looking to self-publish or is currently self-publishing, um, some best advice that you can give for that? 
honestly, for like growing your audience, the most stable way to grow your audience, because nothing is guaranteed, but the most stable way is your newsletter. So it's a lesson I learned the hard way. I focused totally on Facebook at the time, because at the time it was pre-ads and the algorithm worked in our favor. And I grew all of my followers on there. And then Facebook changed everything, Mm. you know, to pay to get views basically and it will happen with other platforms right now TikTok is amazing and you can go viral and it's awesome but there's no guarantee that that won't change just the same way as other platforms have so focus on your newsletter because it's the most stable way to grow your audience you know that that's not going anywhere unless there's a really big major glitch with your (laughs) with your provider so that is my biggest advice I say that all the time now because I did not do it at the height of on Dublin Street and I had to start all over again um once that series finished so yes yeah yeah and it's like because we grew up in this social media world you it's like you don't own those followers you know what I mean if you have your your email address there they're yours to to keep in it obviously yeah um compared to the rest so I absolutely love that advice as well excellent now I really want to talk about a cosmic kind of love which is coming coming out on um the 18th of October is that right can you give us a little bit of a um hint of what's coming up and what to expect and what's next for you um after our cosmic kind of love um, oh cosmic color first yeah and then and then yeah. <laughs> sorry it's early in the morning no, no, no. <laughs> I did ask two questions at once then so don't... <laughs> um so a cosmic kind of love is it's an opposites attract um kind of online romance uh friends to lovers slow burn it's basically about this people pleasing party uh, party planner who she's working with a client and her client sends her links to like you know like a cloud so she has her inspiration boards but she accidentally includes video letters from her ex-boyfriend who is an astronaut and the video letters were sent from on board the international space station and Hallie my heroine starts watching these even though they weren't meant for her and she feels she starts to like crush on this astronaut big time his name is Captain Christopher Ortiz and she feels so bad she decides to send a video letter back to him via his NASA email address but it bounces back and so she's like but that was really therapeutic she has all this stuff going on in her life and she's like I'm just going to keep sending these like video diaries to this NASA email address unbeknownst to her it's not actually bouncing back and he's getting every single one of them Ah! that is how the relationship starts so it's it's um one of my favorite meet cutes of all that I've written it really is and it's just it's got everything it's funny it's emotional um and it's very very romantic so I hope I hope readers enjoy it yeah I'm already I'm already feeling that energy and even the way you're speaking about it, I'm like oh I'm so like <laughs> it gets me like amped up to like what's next I'm so excited for this and that is out so soon so oh that's very exciting but um yeah what's next for you what's 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 happening over the next year what have you got planned I'm sure that you're ahead on a lot of things what kind of what else can we can we expect from you well, I have a project coming out with my publisher again next summer, but they haven't announced it yet. So I can't talk about it. All I 
can say is it's one of my favorite books I've written um, and it, it was the one I told you that just flowed out of me so very excited to be able to start talking about that can say it's another romantic comedy um, but otherwise I'm self-publishing um, the final book in my Adair family series which is a romantic suspense series set in the Scottish Highlands so the final book comes out in February next year and it will be followed by a spin-off trilogy that's set in the same world. Oh, I love spin-offs so much. That is so great. I one thing I just wanted to uh, jump on that. So because you're, you're so you're with Berkeley Romance now, is that right? Yeah. So they've taken on a couple of your self-published books and taken on some of them, but you're still self-publishing at the same time. How are you finding managing yeah, both avenues now? I really like it. I like being a hybrid author. It gives you the best of both worlds because, you know, Berkeley can um, get the book into like the books, the bookstores. And I I love that. I love seeing the print copies out in the wild. Um, And it's just, it's, I have a brilliant editor. I love my editor. We've worked together since on Dublin Street. So for 10 years, Um, we have a really good report. So I love working with her. I love working with their amazing marketing marketing team and they have amazing illustrators. I love the covers they come up with. Um, But then I like having the freedom of self-publishing where I can write whatever it is that I'm feeling, you know, a publisher Mm. always has whatever they think's going to sell, whatever's on trend. So you really have to write it to their, um, uh, you know, their vision. So it's nice to be able to do what I want to do because the Adair Family series actually was turned down by Berkeley years ago um, after the On Dublin Street. I, I said, this is the series I want to write. And they were like, we want to move in a different direction. Um, so I just kind of tabled it and then decided to self-publish it um, last year, was it? Last year I started self-publishing it. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I like I like having the best of both worlds where you have like some support on the one hand and then you can just kind of go out and do what you want on the other hand so it's it's nice a hundred percent that is like ultimate creative freedom it's like yeah. you get to do your stuff but then you've also got like a team of other stuff like people that you can bring to it as well so and then those really focusing on a few social media platforms and my goal everyone always says go where your readers are and I think that's that's frustrating advice for mm. people they're like, where are my readers? <laughs> but my thought was like, I want a fandom and where do fandoms live? And at that time, fandoms lived on Pinterest and Tumblr. <laughs> so I was like, okay, what do people seek when they are, you know, obsessed with something and it's quotes, right? And um, fan art. So I could do quotes cause I'm an author. So I just made really simple graphics like black with white text. And I noticed that those did really well on Pinterest, but not so well on Tumblr, but what did well on Tumblr was just the actual quote, no like graphic behind it. So I did that for a really long time. And I put the first three chapters or the first, like actually a lot on Wattpad to give people the chance to like experience the book and uh, that's what I did for the, as my marketing for like the first two years. And um, the thing that you learn about marketing is word of mouth marketing is absolutely the number one way to market. But in order to get word of mouth marketing, you have to have people talking about your story. Um, so I, that's why I think everything goes back to craft and is your writing, you know, good enough. People can ignore grammar if they like the story. Now, I'm not saying you should ignore grammar, but good writers 
are not always good at grammar. I am one of those people. I have a degree in English, but and that does not mean I have a degree in grammar. People get those things mixed up all the time. But if people enjoy your story enough, the grammar will come. Like you will find people to help you. Um, and it's just the reality of being a self-published author. Thankfully, now I have a publisher and an, and an editor and I'm so glad because it's just, that's not my forte. It's really hard to self-edit anyway. Mm. But um, yeah, I think that's, I think it was just a, a combination of like all the right things. Um, so yeah, but it, I think it definitely goes back to craft and having a story, at least at the heart, a good story, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, yeah, if, you, if people are getting invested in the story, you're right. Grandma, grandma can come after that so what is your routine now what is your daily routine when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to writing um you know <laughs> I have a really bad habit of waiting until the pressure is on and I have like a month left to go and just like whipping out a book in a month or two months don't recommend that um yeah, man, this is really hard for me because I have a really terrible routine. But um, I'm, I think it's because I go based on what I'm doing now. And so what I'm doing right now is really brainstorming. Mm. Like to, earlier, I had a call about like a plot line with my editor because I have to process externally. And I was like, I have this other plot line worked out, but I need to know this one. Um, so I just kind of think through like, what are these things going to look like? what are the scenes, like how I start a book is like, what are the scenes I could write now? And I write those down. And so that's kind of the phase I'm in. So until I get out of that, I won't start sitting down and writing like chronologically. Um, but even then, when I sit down and start writing chronologically, I'm so terrible. I don't do a word count goal. My brain doesn't work like that. I have to write when I feel the like push. Um, so I end up writing from like probably like 11 till like 10 at night and with like some breaks in between. But my my work week is like not 40 hours. It's like 100 hours when I'm in that zone. So um, I'm hoping that may change at some point because I'll get more structured. But, you know, I've been a full time author for I don't know how long now. <laughs> Two years. <laughs> I think it's two years. And I, I still have not quite worked that out yet. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I, I like the, I like the, um, I love writing. So I love like doing the all day writing thing, but I don't think that's feasible long-term, but you do have to find what works for you. And honestly, tracking my word count every day does not work for me. Mm. So I have to think of something else. Like everyone says, just track your word count. And I'm like, can't do it. I don't know what it is. So if you have any, <laughs> if anyone has suggestions, it's interesting. No, I think you're right. And you do have to find what specifically works for you because if you're completely lost in a story, the last thing you want to think about is numbers. Like it's, yeah. it's a different side of your brain to think, yeah. you know, you're just thinking about getting like it done that. rather than really putting it out there. And I think sometimes when you do have those, like, I don't know, I call them like vomit days where you're just in it for such a, such a long period of time. It's not bad because if that's what's coming through you and, and that's how you work the best, you know, that's, that's your structure. Yeah. I really, so what I find is 
there are parts of the novel that I write really cleanly and hardly, they won't require hard, like hardly any editing. And then there are parts of the story that are really bare bones and they require the most editing. And that's kind of how I just do. I'm like, okay, well, I don't really feel the scene right now. So, so like all the fight scenes in Malice, I skipped and I just was like, insert fight scene. And I went back later after the book was like, you know, the first draft was done. And then I wrote all the fight scenes. Cause I just couldn't do it. I wasn't in the headspace mm. to write a fight scene at that point. So I'm definitely like, I, I, I'm what I like to call an intuitive writer. I just kind of do what feels right at the time. Um, but like, you know, right now I'm like dreading getting back into it. Cause I have to write QMM, Queen of Myth and Monsters. And I'm dreading getting back into it. Cause I know what it's, it's going to be all consuming and I have to travel this month. And I'm like, what are you going to do? <laughs> So we'll see, but I don't, I don't have a good process that I, the most process I have is that the steps of, you know, writing the scenes that are clearest to me. Once I've written all of those, I start writing chronologically and then I do not go, I cannot skip forward. I have to write chronologically from there. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. (laughs) It's a process. (laughs) It is. It's terrible. But one of the things I read, I forget, I was reading, uh, writing down the bones, I think. I think that might be by Natalie Goldberg or something. Um, The title is definitely writing down the bones. But she talked about how don't try to change your writing process. Just embrace what you do because Mm -hmm. that is your process. And if you try to change it, you're just going to frustrate yourself. So, So once I did that, once I said like, this is my writing process, it was actually easier to just do it than fight against it. I'm probably fighting against it right now. It, it's a lot though, when you're about, I know what you mean, that feeling when you're about to sit down and do something because it takes so much of you, but it's like, you need to like get ready to, <laughs> it is, it's all, it's all consuming. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I isolate myself. I like stop answering calls. I stop answering text messages. I just, and I know that's what I'm about to do. (laughs) Locked away for as long as you can until you like re-emerge for it. I just need like a cabin in the woods where I go to with no internet access. Like that's what I need. (laughs) That's a dream. That's a dream. I feel like it'd be very inspiring to I can't imagine the like stories that you could write out of a place like that. (laughs) I know. When I went to Ireland, I stayed in this little, like this really cool place in Wicklow. And uh, it was so magical. And I was like, I want to write a novel here every day. I want to sit in front of this beautiful window and write like a novel here. So hopefully I get to do that. Like later this year would be a dream. Absolutely. Now you have a, are you traveling for a new release? Is that what you're traveling for this month? Yeah, well, so I'm going to France for the release of A Touch of Darkness there. And then I have um, Imaginarium Book Festival in D.C. And then at the end of June is the tour for A Game of Retribution. Awesome. Excellent. So if you're in any of those places, then you can come and check you out. But if any of the other, if any of the listeners want to get in contact with you, um, yeah, learn more about you, where is the best places to find you? Um, I'm most active on Instagram and my, my handle is author Scarlett St. Clair. I believe sometimes I get the, isn't it terrible that I get the, the handle. You don't look at your own. <laughs> yes. Author Scarlett St. Clair. I'm always like, is it Scarlett St. Clair author or is it author Scarlett St. Clair? <laughs> and then I, it's 
terrible, but we definitely update there and we do keep my website up to date. So if you're like looking for signed copies or, you know, things like that, like release schedules, it's all on my website and that's scarletstanclair.com. Perfect. Excellent. And I'll put it all in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us, Scarlett. That has been the best chat and you have just given so much goodness to the listeners and very inspiring. So I think everyone that walks away is listening to this is just like pepped up to, to get into whatever they're working on. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> that is- it, was, it was so gratifying to be able to work through those feelings in a, in a healthy way, you know, mm-hmm. on the page and to bring about some closure for myself, I think, and bring about a happy ending for some characters on the page. Yeah. So I highly recommend writing through your traumas. <laughs> I feel like you kind of subconsciously, I've spoken to a lot of authors where it's like, it's actually subconscious, like it comes, there's some things that will start to come out through the page anyway, with the story that you're writing of, of what's, what's sitting there and what you need to deal with. But um, I think it's so, I think it's those like th- full therapeutic pieces are, are so beautiful. And I, and that full story and knowing the success that it's gone is just even more heartwarming. I think it's beautiful. It, it blows my mind. I'm so, ex- I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Which I need to like lead on to. Can you give us a little bit of a teaser book three? Cause it's out very soon. Am, am I saying uh, September? Is that correct? September 5th. Finally. Yeah. I'm so excited. It, it's definitely right around the corner. Um, yeah. So it picks up uh, a couple months after things we hide from the light left off. So Nash and Lena's book ends. And then a couple months later, we're going to pick up with Sloan, the small town librarian, and Lucian, the Rudy bad boy. Um, and they obviously have a history it, through, you can tell that through the other two books, yeah. but you don't know what that history is. And I actually didn't know what that history was until I was almost done with Things We Hide From The Light. That's when I figured out what their story was. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Now I can write their book. Um but it's opposites attract. It's kind kind of second chance. Um, it is steamy, spicy. They cannot stand each other. It's it's definitely enemies to lovers. Um, like as enemy as you can get <laughs> in, a, so in a small town. I love uh, it so much. <laughs> but it's you know there's again there's there's a lot of funny stuff in it, but there's also some deeper themes um healing from a history of domestic violence healing family wounds um facing mistakes and learning to grow from them there's there's a lot there's a lot in this book um yeah I cried a lot while writing it (laughs) and I laughed a lot too I was gonna say that's like it's I think that's the best thing about your writing is you can balance so much with with just the right like I don't think intensity is the right word, but it's like you're able to put something out there like so rawly, but then like bring it back. So it's like this beautiful story as well, which I think is so gorgeous and why and why, you know, you've had so much success, which I absolutely love. But we've had, we have a lot of um, writers or up and coming writers listen to the podcast. So with your whole journey and, you know, from 2005 till now, do you have like some key uh, key bits of advice that you would pass on to some up and coming writers? Yes. Um, you know, for the newbie, 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 like I, I think guarding your writing time and treating that 
time with as much respect and reverence as you can from the get-go is going to make it so much easier because you're not only training yourself to take that time seriously, you're also training everybody else who shares a house and an environment with you to take it seriously. Um, you know, there's a lot of writers who haven't been as lucky as I was to have the Mr. Lucy support. He's like, oh, go write. I'll see you in a couple hours. Um, but, you know, if you if you start taking that time really seriously, others will have to follow suit. Mm. Um, so and I and I mean that in, you know, finding the ways that work for you. For me, it was shutting myself in a room with noise canceling headphones and doing nothing but working on the manuscript in like 25 minute increments. Um, so that, you know, that's my advice for really new authors, like people who are just starting yeah. The, the journey. Um, I think for authors who have already finished a book and are working there, you know, working on more, uh, the thing that really helped me, um, I'm somebody who is always looking to see what everybody else is doing and wondering if I should be doing it too. Um, it was, <laughs> I'm very curious, you know, yeah. part of being a writer, Yeah. but also I don't have a, I don't have a wide bandwidth, so I'm not able to do all the things that some other authors are able to do. So I started, um, picking a focus for the year, like obviously writing books was always going to be in there, but one year my focus was build my backlist. So I had I, I focused entirely on just writing more books. That was probably the year that I put out six. <laughs> um, another year, I my focus was grow my newsletter list or grow my reader group. You know, it was, and with that one focus, I just try to learn as much as I can about that particular area and look for ways that I can improve in ways that are kind of natural and authentic to me and fit in my life and my time frame. So those, those are, I think, my two bits of advice. <laughs> I think that's amazing advice because I've had so many people on here say, oh, you know, protect your time, but you're so right. You have to have those other people around you respect that at the same time. Mm -hmm. And also yeah. just keeping that main focus in a world if you're like, oh, my God, there's this, there's that, there's this, there's that, you know what yeah. to come back to at the, at the end of the day, which I absolutely love so much. So yeah, I think that's really, really great. And it's got to where, got you to where you are today. I am so excited for this launch. I'm sure you are excited for this launch, but at the same time, I'm sure you've got a, a crazy couple of weeks going up with it, maybe more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I, I used to like launch a book and I would do some social media posts and some newsletters and that was it. And those those days are are not with me anymore. It's definitely, launches are a much bigger deal and involve a whole lot more people now so it it is just really funny to uh see the difference just a few short years makes <laughs> yeah sit back and enjoy it I am yeah no, there's yeah. just not enough hours there's not enough years in a lifetime and that that breaks my heart a little so I try not to think about it too much <laughs> um but yeah I it's a little bit of both you know my publisher I just signed a new five book contract with my publisher so that of course gives me an outline for the things that they're expecting from me. Um, but I also have books that they didn't purchase, but I'm like, but I still really want to write this thing. So then I think, well, okay, I've got a little bit of a gap in my schedule during these months. So I will write the thing they want and then quickly write this other thing and surprise them with it and hope that they buy it or hope that someone buys it. And, you know, so I've got all of these plans and, um, We'll see how it works out. I love that so much. So 
when you've got this, like, how does it, how, what does a usual day of writing look like for you? Do you keep it pretty structured and um, give yourself set hours? What what kind of is a, an average day of writing? Yeah, these days I have to be really structured um, and it changes, you know, phases of life change your daily schedule and how you work. Um, so I've, I've found that I need to be really flexible and I'm constantly kind of changing these days, since kind of the onset of COVID um, and we started homeschooling my kids and we have decided to continue to homeschool because it turns out we really love that. Um, and so, the, but that is a complication for then, well, how do you balance all the things? So for me, a typical day, and I do put typical in quotation marks because no day yeah. is really yeah. the same as any <laughs> other day. Um, so I do kind of, I wake up, I have my coffee, I do my busy work in the morning. So that's, you know, emails and social media and that sort of thing. Uh, then we have a few hours where I'm focused on the girls and homeschooling. Um, in the afternoon, I'll usually try to squeeze in a workout. I'm a runner, so I'm training for a half marathon right now. So I'll get my run in. Uh, and then that leaves the afternoon and early evening to write and work uh, before it's time for dinner and family time. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a full-on day. But at the same time, yeah. it's like, <laughs> do you feel that best in the afternoon? We're like, okay, I've got that set time together that I can dive dive into this essentially. Or- I really, I need to have it on the schedule. Um, yeah. I need to know that there is a time set aside for it because if I don't have that and if I feel like, oh, I have all this stuff to do. How am I going to get my words written? How am I going to get these chapters revised? And I don't have a plan for that. Then it just weighs on me all day long. And I can't focus on my kids and I can't enjoy my run. And it's just like this constant anxiety. Um, But knowing that, you know, you've got this hour or two or three hours blocked out, or even maybe, um, okay, I'm going to do school with the kids Monday through Thursday, but Friday, my husband's taking them. And therefore I get the whole day to myself, like knowing that there's time for it kind of just helps keep everything under control. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And please, I want to dive into all things curse. So can you give us a little bit of a synopsis and, um, yeah, yeah. Fill all the listeners in. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> Cursed is the sequel to Gilded. Uh, so this is a duology that is a retelling of Rumpelstiltskin, uh, which was one of my favorite fairy tales when I was growing up. I was obsessed with fairy tales. I always have been. And this was one of those stories that just kind of clung to me. And part of it, I think, was because I felt like I had a lot of unanswered questions about the story of Rumpelstiltskin. I felt like there was kind of a lot of plot holes, things that didn't really get resolved. And that really left an impression on my little writer creative brain, like there needs to be more to this. And so the the concept for Gilded and Cursed is that there's a girl named Cyrilda. She's the daughter of a miller and she has been cursed by the God of Lies. And this has turned her into a liar. She kind of just can't help herself coming up with stuff sometimes, but it also has made her a really fantastic storyteller. Um, One day, one night, this gets her into trouble when she crosses paths with the wicked Earl King, who is the leader of the Wild Hunt. And she tells him that she is capable of spinning straw into gold. Not long after that, she is whisked away to this haunted castle and the Earl King locks her up in the dungeon and orders her to spin some straw into gold for him. And if she fails, he's going to have her killed. 
Uh, well, Cirilla can't do this, but luckily there is a very handsome and kind of mischievous poltergeist who lives in the castle and he agrees to help her. But of course, there's always a price to be paid. Um, and that is that is the, the premise of the book. I, of course, can't talk too much about Curse because you never want to spoil anything from yeah, the yeah, first yeah. book. It, <laughs> it continues the story and there's a lot of things that are revealed about the gods and the the dark ones, the Earl King and his wicked plans, um, while Cyrilda and, and Gild are trying to break their curses and figure out how they can possibly have a happily ever after. I absolutely love this. You told that very well too. That's why I was just like, everyone needs to go and get their hands on these right now. That was very, very well told. I do want to know, do you read fairy tale retellings as well? Or do you like to dive oh, yeah. into other? Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, so much. Too. Yeah. One of yeah. my favorite genres to this day. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And oh my gosh, I love these. I love these so much. So for up and coming writers from where, where you've started to where you are now, and I absolutely love your journey and how much conviction you went in with it as well but also you know just having that plan and and playing with it and having fun to to you know this amazing career that it's given you what would be your advice for up-and-coming writers or someone working on a manuscript right now um stuck in the trenches with it what would you what would you pass on yeah it's a rough place to be stuck in the trenches (laughs) oh gosh I there's lots of advice that I feel like I could impart I think for me the thing so I'm going to give two, um, two things that I think I needed to hear when I was younger and when I was aspiring. Um, the first one is one that I talk about a lot, and that's the idea of being really patient and kind with yourself. I was not patient and kind with myself. Like I had this dream of being published and it felt like it was all or nothing. And uh, for those first years, I was so focused on the end goal, the result of having a book out that I would just get so frustrated with the journey and the time that it took to learn the craft, to, you know, learn how to write good dialogue and interesting characters. And every one of those books that I started and then didn't finish, it just felt like they were a waste of time. And why is this so hard? Why is this taking me so long? Why am I not published yet? And of course, in hindsight, I can see all of those practice rounds and be like, no, those were necessary. They, I had to get through these various books and manuscripts to learn what I needed to learn. And Cinder would not have happened without all of those books beforehand. Um, and I wish that I could have just given myself a little bit more grace uh, at the time and tried to enjoy that part of the journey more because as once once that part is over and you've moved on and you're now published and uh you know there's a whole new slew of things that you're worried about now um and I I just wish that I look back and think you know there was so much magic in that time and just so much potential and uh it really can be really fun um to be working on your craft and developing different stories so that's my first advice like be patient be nice to yourself. Don't be in such a hurry to get published. Have the dream and keep pursuing it, but know that that's not like, that's not the be all end all. Um, and then the second thing that I was just talking about with um, a wonderful author, Dan Santat yesterday, and we were talking about uh, the idea of how important it is to go out and explore um, and to live life uh, and just to experience new things, to be open to new experiences. 
because again, like we talked about earlier, you never know what's going to spark a new idea. You never know where a story is going to come from. So I think the more you can gather in life, whether that's relationships or skills, hobbies, reading different things, learning about different things, um, then it's all going to come into your your brain and your imagination and it's all going to gel together and it's going to be able to spark some really cool, unique things. Um, but you do need to have to, you do have to get out of your comfort zone once in a while to kind of see what else is out there. Yeah, absolutely. I love that advice so much. Just like, yeah, go and live, take it, take it all in, be, get, yeah. get, get, get on the court. And uh, you do, I want to say, because you've got um, the Happy Writers podcast as well. So and it gave me the idea of a society where they wear masks every day of the year except Halloween. So this was all before the pandemic because I know now masks have a whole new meaning. Um, so so that gave me the idea for my for my one horror story actually. So it was something I read. I could see something on TV, or I do travel quite a bit. Um, I came. I was in England at the bath you know, the Roman yeah. baths and, yeah. um, you know, they give tokens to the goddess Minerva, I believe. And I haven't written this one yet, but um, I haven't, you know, they ask for a favor. And if the favor comes true, they're supposed to go back and give her a token or, or something. And what happens if she, they don't go back? And then I have this, I had this idea of a person in, in today's world that has really horrible luck. The family's just had horrible luck. And then she traces it back to their ancestor who forgot to give, you know, the goddess her um, her queen. I love so, this. I love yeah, this so much. much. Yeah, <laughs> but I haven't written that one yet. I don't know if it would be a short story or uh, or a full novel. So you know, I write yeah. them all down though. Yeah, I, I make sure I have a notebook, a very old fashioned uh, notebook. I I keep one for all my novels. Here I have one sitting here. Oh my gosh, I and love that. So I'll just write the idea down in here and then if if I need to I can go back and read through but um yeah so it's a combination of travel it's talking to somebody or it's something going on in the world like with the Hurricane Katrina yeah is what inspired the whole uh taking energy from storms and bottling it yeah because you know it, it killed so many people and it did so much damage and I remember watching it because you know I'm fascinated with big storms and you know category five and there was like like at least five category five storms that year. I mean, it was Katrina, it was Will, it was Rita, um, Wilma, Fred, Barney, Bam Bam. Sorry, um, that's an old reference. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I get it. Yeah, <laughs> the Flintstones. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was a whole Flintstones of of category five <laughs> storms. And um, you know, I just was thinking, wow, it's a shame we can't just take out that energy and and then so that led to being able to take out the energy using magic I love it I love and it. and that uh, that came up the the glass books you know storm glass sea glass and spy glass just to confuse everybody yeah no <laughs> I even love how you've like um I love the names and how you've, you've like of, of all your books they're so it's all it's all well branded. It's all put together under you, essentially. Like I really, I really love how you've done that as well. But um, do you have like a one that you were say listeners are reading right? Sorry, listeners are listening, not reading, listening into this right now, and they're like, okay, what one would I want to jump on first? Where would you, where would you kind of direct people, essentially? 
Well, if they're in, if they like fantasy, yeah, fantasy is something they enjoy. Then I would definitely say poison study yep. to start. Or you can also start with the study of poisons. Yes, which is the same story, but from Valak's point of view. So it's a companion novel, and I I written it hopefully that people can start with that book, as well as starting with poison study. So I would say either one of those if you're fantasy. Yeah. If you like a little bit more traditional fantasy, that would be my Eyes of Tambura. Yeah. Which is a fantasy set on a desert world where they live in big underground cities and they've lost track of their buildings and stuff because the sand has covered everything and the water table has gone really low. Yes, you will find lots of wow. uh, meteorology, hydrology type stuff in my books. And this one happens to be more of the the water, you know, and so so that's another one if you're more into the world setting. I mean, yeah. the characters are still very important to me. They're always the most important. But then if you're into science fiction, if you like that science fiction, then Navigating the Stars is a fun book. Uh, I deal with the time dilation. Uh, it's terracotta warriors in space is how I call it. I uh, those terracotta warriors that they were found in China. I don't know if you know about them. Uh, back in the 70s, there's yeah. like thousands of them that were buried under the sand and so they found these warriors on other planets in the solar system or not the solar system in the galaxy wow i keep it in the milky way because it's big enough <laughs> yeah yeah oh my gosh this is amazing i i need to jump onto that one i'm really i'm really excited about that one i need to get, i need to download that straight away navigating the stars is um i love the book for a couple reasons okay so the main character she's 17 almost 18 yeah. And she just like refuses to be ignored. She's just like in my head. She was like, it's first person present tense because she's telling the story right now. Yeah. And then the other thing, and she talks to the readers too. She'll, she'll make uh, comments to the reader. I love that. And, I love moments of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is she has her, her parents are these experts in these warriors. So every time they discover a new planet has these warriors on it, they travel to the new planet. And so her parents are not, are alive and well, and they're part of her life, which so many YA books, the parents are not part of the lives. Mm. They're horrible parents, or they're dead, or they're yeah. on drugs, or they're abusive, which I can't read that. But um, I just, you know, I liked having parents that were involved. And she's like, well, I need to go out and save the galaxy. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, who are you going with? You know, what time will you be back? Um, and, uh, you know, isn't there someone else who can save the galaxy? You know, you're 70. Come on, <laughs> I love so, so I love, I love that. And I, I have her, she's, um, her, her father's like, uh, from British and then her mother is like from China you know, from the, because I wanted to have representation because these, yeah. these, these warriors are Chinese. They're from, uh, the emperor. You know, he, uh, he he wanted an army to follow him into the afterlife, which is a really cool concept there. Yeah. I've always been fascinated with these warriors. And um, so she was it. So I made her sort of like that tiger mom that was very much, you know, got to succeed. And Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. I love this so much. Oh, my God. I'm yeah. dying to read this already. I I love that. Everyone needs to jump on navigating the stars. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I use, you know, the time dilation, because if you're going to travel very fast, you know, time gets kind of wonky. And so, you know, she leaves her friends behind. And by the time she reaches a new planet, they're 50 years old and she's still 18. So, yeah. you know, there's that whole, I like how, you know, 
um, space travel is just ruining her social life. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Oh my god, I yeah, love this so fun much. Book. I love. I, I had a lot of fun writing that book. Yeah, especially at that time of age when she's seventeen, it would you know I makes like stakes so much higher and and really yeah. like you can go really get yeah, and character. it's a little bit more realistic for what she gets involved in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Now you just you just said that you had like a, another amazing idea you were telling us about. So, wh- what are you writing now? Like, what is your your kind of daily schedule look like? Are you kind of still writing most days? What's what's going on? Well, I I re- just released that the study of poisons. So yeah. a lot of my effort was going into marketing and getting yeah. you know arts out and uh, doing book signings and the conferences and stuff like that. So, but now that's all settling down. And what I'm working on right now is I had written a bunch of short stories based in that study world. Like, you know, Ice Study and Power Study, Assassin Study. They were all short stories or novellas involved in the the study world, the study glass world. Because the glass books are also set in that world as well. So what I'm doing is I'm pulling them together into one collection. Because right now you can read them for free on my website. Yeah. But a lot of my readers were like, well, we want to actually have like a book or an ebook. So I'm pulling all that together right now. And I'm writing a few new ones, new short stories, so that it makes the collection a little bit more attractive. Yeah. Um, for that. So, so that's what I'm working on now. My next project, I think, I'm really considering doing a magic study from Valak's point of view. So it would be called the, the study of magic. Yeah. Because they, everybody really loves this new study of poisons. They love getting to know his insight. And plus, there's a lot of new stuff in it. It's not like the same old story because they're they're not together a lot. Yeah. So as a, for romance readers, they must be really frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> and the book two is worse. I was looking through Magic Study and they're not together till the middle of the book. <laughs> so what has he been doing for that last year? It keeps the suspense. Know. They're trying to get through it together. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, because I, I I bring my characters together pretty much book one because I can't stand that dragging it out for five books. I know no. some authors do that and that's that's fine, but I just can't I can't do that. I can't have that slow burn like over four books. Yeah, no, I'm, no. I'm listening to a series now, and finally book four they might confess their love, but oh, maybe that's not. a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Frustrating yeah. to me is. So, but then I tend to get them together and then just tear them apart. <laughs> you've got to have that. You've got to have yeah. that part. You've got to have I mean, they're drama. still together. It's just they're not physically together. Yeah, they're yeah. all stayed in the world on different yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Now, I actually want to dive. I want to know, because I haven't asked anyone this on the podcast yet, actually, and it is what is would be your advice when it comes to creating a short story? Because I, I like I know you said that they're hard, which I appreciate because I feel like some people find them easy. But when it comes to short stories, you've actually done a lot, and then bringing your next one together and writing even more. What would you say is like the main difference you've got to have between that and a novel? And and what would be your advice for short stories? Well, short stories you have to look at them as like a small slice of life, so you mm. can't go into a lot of background details on your characters you can't have a lot of characters because once you start having more characters it's really hard to jump to juggle all of them so you really have to kind of pare it down not a lot of subplots maybe not even a subplot just the main plot of the story and it does have to have kind of a satisfying ending usually with short stories I have to know the ending 
before I start because that helps me. Yeah. Uh, in a book, a novel, I I don't know the ending usually. It's like driving. You know, I'm like I know I'm going to end up out in California. <laughs> how I get there, I have no idea. Yeah. And who knows where I'm going to land in California? It might be San Francisco, but it might not be. I might be San Diego. Yeah. So books give me a little bit more room to kind of like find my way, but not short story. You got to know, is it San Francisco or San Diego? (laughs) For me anyway, I mean, all writers have different processes, but that's what works for me and keeping it. So when I start writing a short story, I'll start going into backstory and I'll start laying subplots and I'll have to go, oh, no, no. (laughs) So I already have a whole full, whole another document that's just deleted scenes from my short stories because I keep trying to put too much into them and I have to keep taking it out but I save that yeah that makes little extras for readers like I have a newsletter that I send out like four times a year and I'll put in little extras like that just to make it you know if you're a subscriber you're getting these little extras um that other people aren't getting so yeah yeah they all make you not wasted. Yeah, nothing is wasted. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too many ways, not too many ways to words. Um, I love I love that so much and just how about building structure. And I guess it's like you have to give so much about a character away in different ways rather than going into that backstory, right? Like and which is hard, but <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. because yeah, that's what readers like, you know, they like to know more about the characters. They like to be, you know, hear where they came from or, you know how they got to that particular spot but you can't do too much of that in short stories and I know readers some readers don't like short stories just for that reason they're yeah. not getting yeah yeah you know, they're only getting little bites instead of the, like a full sandwich absolutely absolutely now um I could talk to you forever because <laughs> but I am running out of time so I have just a I couple see that. Of it came up. <laughs> I just have a couple of quick questions for you now um, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are, are writers as well as readers, but what would be the number one advice that you would pass on to anyone who's writing something right now, working on a manuscript, whether they're, they've published a couple of books or, you know, they're just on to their, their, their first one? What's the number one advice you would pass on to any writer? Well, I always, I always use persistence because, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to get through a novel mm-hmm. to finish it. So many people start novels, or start stories. And never finish because once you get past that beginning excitement, then you get into the hard part, which is that middle. Yeah. And I teach a class like called, you know, the saggy middle. Like it's just a cold, hard slog to get from the exciting beginning to the exciting conclusion. You know, so it's just a matter of persisting on a daily or however, you know, when you write basis just to get through that all and actually finish the book. I mean, resist the temptation to revise. Yeah. You won't know the true beginning of your story until you actually finish the novel. Mm -hmm. So just get it out. I mean, it could be terrible. Who's going to see it? Nobody's going to see it. Just get the book written and then you can go back in and revise and make it better. And then you might see that, oh, really, the book starts really at chapter three because (laughs) I needed those two chapters just to get kind of warmed up. And I've told students that many times, like, no, you're at your, your beginning is right here on like page 50. Yeah. But, you know, um, but you don't know that until it's done. So finish the